Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on American Glutton, we're joined by stylist and designer Ilaria Urbanati. Ilaria is continually on the Hollywood Reporter's most powerful stylist list and dresses some of the most successful actors in Hollywood. She is also a mom of three, and I was interested to know what her experience has been juggling her family and career while staying healthy. Laria Urbanati, welcome to American Glutton Podcast. Thank you for having me. I am super interested in the female perspective. I talk a lot about, and if I want to preface that, I will say that I have a wife and four daughters who I don't really truly understand all the time. Like there's a <laughs> lot of stuff there that I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to talk to you about. Yeah. You guys can discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> but I want to talk about things that I don't understand. And even having been present for a number of births and, yeah, a num- the, and the whole after portion of like watching a woman deal with like, I'm my body is now feeding two people. Yeah. And the, it looks completely different. The, and like the sort of physical and emotional sort of toll of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I remember when you had your first kid yeah. and I remember you struggling afterwards yeah. and then I remember you just became a fucking, like a total badass. And I was just like, okay, she's figured it out. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because my, I've always struggled with my weight. I don't know if it's because I'm Italian. I naturally have like hips and curves. I'm not like a person who just eats somewhat healthy and is naturally thin. I have to work really hard at it. And we grew up, we grew up in Europe. So my mother, we ate really clean food because European food is just automatically so much cleaner than American food. And my mother was a health freak. We ate like microbiotic, all this stuff. And I wonder sometimes if part of the issue was then we moved to America and I started going to like friends' houses and eating Doritos and my body just didn't know what to do with it, you know? Yeah. Like I hadn't just been used to processing that kind of stuff. And, it, and then I went to boarding school in Oregon and it was like cafeteria food 24 hours a day. And it's just, it's just, my body was like, I don't know what's happening. I grew up eating all organic, clean, non-GMO, non-processed foods, you know? And uh, my family has this beach club in Italy and I spent every summer there and we had like the chef who made like the cleanest food you can imagine, like all fresh fish and, you know, so I grew up eating really well. And then I came here and my body kind of didn't know what to do. And I always struggled. And then Sometime in the early 2000s, maybe, somebody turned me on to Atkins, which was before anybody 
did Atkins. And I actually really love the Atkins diet. And I think it's really funny that it got such a bad rap. And now people are doing keto. And I'm like, it's the it's same Atkins, thing. Right. The Atkins just had a bad rap because it was like a lot of people thought, took it as like, I can eat a lot of bacon. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you can do that but on you keto too. But you can on keto too. It's just about fats and, you know, always worked for me. Unfortunately, it's the only thing that works for me. Like I can't eat. My body does not know how to like digest carbohydrates like at all. Like I can't eat carbs and be skinny. It's not a thing for me. So I, I've had this experience also, and I wanted to. I, I would love to talk to you about this because I, I don't know what exactly happens. But when I was doing keto, every time I'd go to Europe, I'd go like, "Well, I'm going to give myself a pass." And, and you didn't gain weight. I never gained weight in Europe, but yep. I always. That's thought, everybody. I but I like. thought it was more that I was walking a lot more. It could be both. I think. I think that people under, underestimate how much walking actually makes you lose weight. My father lives in Rome, and literally all he does is walk. He walks like nine hours a day. Every time my friends and I go out to Rome in town, he like tour guides us through Rome, and he'll walk. He's 80 years old and walks literally 100 hours and has all these friends in the city, like in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> he's like this kind of bohemian. And during quarantine, because he's old, he was really locked down. And I asked my sister, you know, lives in Italy recently, like, how's dad looking? And is he healthy? And she was like, actually, he gained a lot of weight because he's been too skinny for the last few years. You know, old people sometimes get too thin. She's like, because he stopped walking because they were on lockdown. And people in Italy were locked down in a way that they were not locked down here. I mean, right. they were like... They weren't were, leaving their They house. were like afraid to go... Like my family who's in Milan, they were like afraid to go on the balcony. Yeah. You know, and so they were really locked down. And so he's actually gained weight. And it, I just had this conversation the other day with my sister about it. And I kind of thought, it's just so interesting because I do feel like the walking thing. Like when I used to go to New York all the time for work, like in my early 30s or late 20s or whatever... I would always lose so much weight just because in New York you walk so much and I would always get really nice legs. I feel like you get good legs. And I was not born with good legs. I have like short legs, they're squatty. I have like Britney Spears legs, like a little bit of bulldog. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no offense to Britney Spears. No, she's great. But she does have these kind of like squatty legs. Yeah. Like all her, all her like length is in her torso. That's my body. Right. And I've always had... Kind of like abs, even without trying, but I always had hips and kind of thighs, and that's, you know, some people think it's a good thing. I think that I'm a, my, I associate those legs with muscle. I think of those as I'm muscular I'm very muscular. Legs. I, yeah. I, I like, I remember going, I have this incredible holistic doctor that I've been going to forever. He's in the Palisades. His name is Dr. Ed Wagner, not to be confused with the other Wagner. And like he, he's very advanced. Like he had his, he had my mom doing like leaky gut diet when I was like in high school. He was having my mom like make kombucha out of her own kitchen before kombucha was a brand. And we're always joking about like if only we had monetized that. Right. You know what I mean? Like so, he's very on it. And I remember him early on being like, "You have so much like natural muscle in your body that if you ever worked out, you would be like shredded." Which we'll get to that. Yeah. So I always struggled and I always, and I never liked working out. And I always thought if I could just find like my sport, like that thing, like whether some people have like dance, but they're not even like worrying about losing weight, but they just love to go to dance class. They're dancers and they just automatically are in crazy shape because they are doing this thing they love. Yeah. You know, or like tennis or whatever it is. And I would always try and find something and I never had it, but I just, you know, you have that feeling like I know there's like something and then, so what happened? Yeah, I had my daughter, Wilder, who's going to be five. And when around nine months old, I took her to Europe. I went to Italy. And I remember coming home and looking at the photos and being like, oh, fuck. Am I allowed to curse on this thing? Oh, yeah. Sure. And I remember being like, fuck, like it's time. You know, like I already was sort of out of shape before her. And then the pregnancy just obviously exacerbated the situation. And I just was like, you know, you see your photos sometimes and you're like, this is worse than I sort of see myself, you know, not to be like self-judgmental, but it was, it was like, okay, it's, it's time. And I just, something snapped in me and I was like, I'm going to do something different. And I have a friend, Jonathan Tucker, who is really into MMA, Muay Thai, martial arts. And he had this trainer, uh, Johnny Hunt, who works at a fortune gym and he was like, you should go see Johnny. And 
he had been telling me for a long time to go and I never kind of had the balls to go do like boxing, even though I thought it sounded really fun. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I talked to Johnny on the phone. I signed up, but I sort of like pushed it out to a month because I I was like, I don't want to go in there and embarrass myself. So I hired a separate trainer, like a normal kind of gym, horrible, boring trainer. I don't like that stuff for me. It's not fun. But I hired her and I did a month, three days a week of going in and we would do, she was really good. This girl named Skye, I forget her last name, but she would have me do like treadmill and like, you know, just like squats and exercises and, you know, all lunges, just like your kind of classic personal trainer kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, I don't look as, I, I'm, I want, I'm not going to be as self-conscious and I feel a little bit strong. And I feel like I do get strong quickly. So I went in. And, I'll, you know, it's like a typical, like, it's like a movie montage. Like the first day I went, I was wearing like the baggy T-shirt. And then like over time, my clothes got like more and more cropped and non-existent. And you know what I mean? And what happened is I started out in, with boxing and fell in love with it. And just all of it, like Fortune Gym is a really special place too. So the atmosphere was absolutely amazing. I was coming from a place of just being workaholic slash full-time mom, you know, not full-time mom because I'm a working mom, but it was just, that was my whole life. And I didn't really have that time to myself. And I would go every morning at 7am, which I've never been a morning person, but suddenly it was like, I started out my day doing this thing every day and it got me up. And it was just this one hour where I didn't have my phone. I didn't have anybody asking me for anything, you know, like it's like all day long, I'm just getting clients and people and my agent and my daughter, everybody's always like, wants something. <laughs> this is like an hour where I just got to shut my brain off and focus on like not even losing weight so much as like, how do I, you know, do this hook and how do I, you know. So I did boxing. I did it for six months and simultaneously I started doing no carbs. And I just come from Italy and this guy, this like little old man there taught me how to make the perfect frittata. And that's the other issue is I don't cook. I've never been good. I've always been like, I can't confront like a kitchen stove. So I'm very like, I don't know, I can't do it. So that was also part of the problem is I didn't know how to make anything healthy for me. If you don't cook, I think it's hard to lose weight. Yeah, and I think coming from Italy where food is like certain things like making a frittata, if you fuck it up, like you're you're a heretic to some degree. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you can't. You might as well stay away if you're going to not yeah, do like it right. Yeah, like if you don't do it right. And it's also because my grandmother is like kind of your typical housewife, like perfect Italian, like home-cooked pasta, like made from scratch, you know, like, and she was, but she was very much a housewife. And my mother kind of rebelled against that and was like an art dealer, workaholic and didn't want, like she gets mad when my sister and I do anything like remotely domestic. <laughs> like it actually bothers her like to her core. Because you're not doing it right? No, because, because she's rebelled against this concept of the housewife and right. being domestic and being the little wife and the cooking in the kitchen and that whole idea to her. She has like a negative connotation to it. Sure, It's like a typical thing where you kind of like go against the, you either become exactly like your mother or do the opposite. Yeah, She went the opposite and she kind of raised us like that. And my sister actually cooks and whenever she cooks, she's very like, oh, you're so domesticated. Like she gets very... Like it offends her. Yeah. So part of the patriarchy. Because of that, if you don't have your mother teaching you, I don't really know how you're supposed to really learn to cook. And I didn't have, so I didn't have that. So that was an issue. But I came back and it was like a perfect storm of events. Like I started boxing. I was like, okay, it's time. When I usually, when I, I go through phases with dieting where I'm like, something will snap and I'm like, we're doing this. And then it's like, I'm a ninja. Like you will not get me to cheat on my diet. And I'm like, perfect. And I'll do that for like a year to three years. And then something will happen and it will go out the window, you know? Yeah. I feel like I we went to dinner with you. It might have been the first time you had a sitter with Wilder okay. after she was born. And we went out to dinner. And then the next picture I saw of you, and I have no idea what the time period is, but right. the next picture I saw of fast. you, you had on a halter top <laughs> and tights and boxing gloves. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, I had like abs, like full on. Yeah, you yeah. were shredded. <laughs> completely transformed me. Yeah. And it didn't seem like a long enough period of time. For well, that it wasn't that long. It happened kind of fast because I started out. So I started out training three days a week. I like literally the first day I did it, I bought gloves. Like I loved it. Then it was like a month later, I bought the more expensive gloves. Like, you know, I kind of like just kept getting more and more into it. And then I switched from three days to four days. 
I was doing no carbs, but I was still eating dairy and I was still eating at whatever time I was eating. And then something like maybe around the four month mark, I cut dairy. And then that kind of like, you know, dropped a whole other bunch of weight, like especially in my stomach. I feel like dairy kind of goes straight to your gut. And, you know, if you're looking at it too from the perspective of like the leaky gut thing and inflammation and stuff, dairy is candida, especially for women, is not ideal. Um, So I cut that, which I never done before. I'd always done the Atkins and eaten like tons of dairy. And especially I'm Italian. I eat like prosciutto and cheese. And then Dr. Wagner was like, no more pork. That's like his one thing. He hates pork. He's like the one nutritionist who is very pro meat. He's very pro red meat. Can I just ask, is this yeah. the Wagner method? It's not. And okay, it's that's not, the other one. And it's not Bo Wagner. Okay, it's a right. different guy. He's in the Palisades. He's been there forever. He's however old he is. He's old and he looks amazing. And he's like in shape and healthy and right. sharp. I also judge a lot of dieting stuff by not just your body, but how sharp is it making you? Like I look at, that's why I like Tom Brady's diet. Like I have the TB12 book because I, I think I look Wait, at What's his diet? I don't even know what his diet is. So he's is. very into uh, like no inflammation, like no nightshades, you know, a lot of protein, but also a lot of greens, but like no, nothing that's like inflammatory and he's all about gut. So- it's a really interesting book. I have it. It's like a coffee table book about diet and exercise and stuff. And I didn't really read the exercise stuff because I'm like, I'm not going to work out like a football player. But it's all about kind of no inflammation. And I just look at him and I think, okay, he's a guy who's almost getting younger by the t- with time and his skills are getting sharper. He's just gotten better and better with time. So I look at that almost more than I look at like, what's your body doing? I look at, like, how's it working with, like, how kind of, like, clear-headed you are. Like, how smart is it? Like, is it making you more with it? Because I think you get very foggy when you eat a lot of stuff that your body's not responding well to or when you're getting into, like, a lot of inflammation in your system and stuff, you know? So I look at that, and I was really into what he was doing, and he was doing no nitrates. I cut, like, tomatoes. And then around the six-month mark... I cut, um, I stopped eating after seven. I don't believe in the, what's the thing where you try to like, yeah, I don't believe in intermittent fasting. I tried that like a few years later and we'll get to that, but that kind of screwed with me a little bit. I don't think it's good for your metabolism to go that long without eating. And for me, because I train at 7 a.m., I have to eat something before I train. So that was the only carb I would eat. I would have a banana every morning before I trained. If I ate more, I would want to throw up during training. And if I if I ate less, I would like not be as good at it. I, there was a one point where I was like, no bananas, it's fruit. And I cut it out. And I actually, like my trainer actually noticed a difference in right. my training. I just wasn't able to go the full hour because we train hard. This isn't like, uh, it's not like Equinox, okay? It's not like boxer size. I mean, it's like full on, like Johnny was a, you know, was a Muay Thai world champ, like he's, it's a no, there's no, he's no joke. I mean, he's like 50 years old and looks like he's like 35, you know. So we started training and then at six months, so I, I started, I saw I'd, at this point I had cut out dairy, but I was eating a lot of protein. So like eggs, meat, organic meat always, because you don't want to have like all the antibiotics in your system because that also causes inflammation. And then I stopped eating after seven. But between morning and seven, I would eat whatever I wanted as long as it was like lean protein or red meat no dairy. And then I switched from boxing. I started to take on Muay Thai. And then that, at that point, that was December of that year. I started in August. My body, I'd already completely changed my body, but that point it went to like another level Yeah, where I just, all the lines in my stomach started to show like my, like, I always say like, what's the back of your leg? The back of your thigh, your hamstrings, like, I always feel like that gives away a lot. Like you can really tell someone's out of shape if their hamstrings like kind of look bad. <laughs> and every, every photo of me, I would always see from the back, no matter where I was at with my weight, I'd be like, ugh, hamstrings right. look bad. Suddenly I had like the two lines down my hamstrings, you know, yeah. like it's just completely changed everything, my face. And also like, I remember going to my dermatologist and my dermatologist being like, You're, you have so much collagen in your face from training, from doing all that exercise and just like sweating all day. And like, so I also felt like my face looked like younger and 
we used to joke, it's like a Laureate 3.0 kind of thing, you know. Then, you know, I like got divorced and then I ended up having babies with my trainer. (laughs) Yeah, so Johnny and I ended up, you know, falling in love. And that was a big part of it too. Like you have, like you look forward to coming in and like seeing this person and it's very like, you know. um, It's motivating. It's very motivating. and Especially if you're in love with the guy. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and we were on and off for a long time. So we kind of like fell in love and then we weren't together for a year just because I was going through a divorce and I kind of wanted to like focus on that. And there was just like a lot of other stuff. I won't get into that drama. But so I had like a year being single at like, you know, how old was I'm 40 now. I was like 38. With a new kid. With a kid. And Wilder at the time was like one and a half. And it was also like, it was just a weird situation. I went from like living in like Hancock Park and this very like white picket fence life to like, you know, staying, like I had a friend, I got lucky because I had a friend who was living in New York at the time shooting a show. So she was like, my house is free for eight months. Just go stay there. I mean, it wasn't free, but, but I got to stay there. And suddenly I was like back in my old hood, like living over in Hollywood in the hills over by like La Poubelle. And it was just like, here I was having this sort of weird year where it was like a lot of ups and downs, but like really high highs, really high low, low lows. And I became very obsessed and very not in a bad way though like in a healthy way like very in love with martial arts I started watching like MMA and watching like fight scenes and movies and I like started following all these like accounts on Instagram like Muay Thai girls and like all this stuff you know I started following like a bunch of different like athletes and reading like the TV 12 book and just all these things that were very kind of different in a way from my former life you know where I just was more focused on, like, fashion and style and, yeah, you know. My wife will go through my Instagram, who I follow from time <laughs> to time. And yeah. that's, at various points, it'll be, like, all bicyclists. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, Are you still bicycling? Because I remember that phase all. in your life. No, now I I just still remember the size of your calves. Yeah, <laughs> M- massive calves. Oh, my God, crazy. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Um, now it's a lot of bodybuilders and my wife is like, right. you don't want to look like that. And I'm like, I just want that guy's shoulder. Or, you, you should know. come train with Johnny because the one thing I think the boxing body is really beautiful because it's a very lean sinewy kind of muscle. Yeah. It's not big. It's very like lean. I'm still going for big right now. Okay, like, fine. As soon fair as enough. I'm done with big, I'm then gonna, you'll do then that. I'll do that. that. Yeah. I'm not saying you're doing this because I know you're not, but just it made me think of this. Like, we have all these, like, I have all these clients and friends who will come in, or like, I'll have clients that come in and they're like really not in good shape out of nowhere. And I'll be like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm, uh, what's it called when bulking you, you're bulking up? Yeah. It's like they're planning to bulk up to then like lose Do all the weight. Cut, right? But what happens is they never get to the part where they then cut. Yeah. And then they're just, big and I just find it to be this like really funny thing that I keep seeing that men do where they're just like eating 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 to bulk up their face looks hilarious like it's like just you know like the cheeks get like so full they get these like little like rosy cheeks they look like little cherubs yeah but then they're they so overfed but then they get yeah they're like it's like your baby's feet you know they're like a full capacity that's like how the cheeks get and then, but then they just stay there. And I'm like, what happened to the cut part? I did do a version of that where I was like, I thought for for my career, I should gain weight again. But I really like lifting weights. So I'm going to keep lifting weights and yeah. just eat everything. Yeah. But I got to just about 400 pounds again. And I was like, wait, this is too big. And I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't do it right. So the next time you have I, to do it right, and I don't yeah. feel like anyone really does it right. I'm gonna they do just it right. always stop. I mean, the only thing I'll say is going back to what we were saying about like Brady, is I think that the lifestyle of trying to go for like a healthier kind of leaner muscle instead of just like a very puffy muscle is, I think, part of what makes you also mentally very sharp. Because, again, it's, like, all about, like, the gut and not having, like, inflammation. And to me, when I see a very... I mean, look, I I dress The Rock. He's huge. But he doesn't look puffy. Right. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have any of that. He doesn't look, like, swollen. Despite how big he is, which I think is genetics, I also think that his muscle looks very, like, defined. 
I'm obsessed with The Rock, and for various the reasons, best human ever. He he seems like the greatest human he's ever. He's like what you hope he's gonna be in right. real life. Like it's not a like a, it's not fake at all. It's not like he's like just that's who he is. Is that he's that good of a person? And he's the most productive and actor funny of all and, time yeah. and affable and nice. Yeah, and, and he'll like text me these like funny Beyonce memes or something, and I'll be like. How do you have the time? He's right. like the busiest. He's a very like real person. He's not like this sort of like robot, like brand machine person you think he's going to be. He's actually like a very sort of genuine, real person. Right. Yeah. He also, to my eye, looks like he has really good genetics. For sure. I mean, like his look hips at his dad. and his shoulders. Yeah. I'll never have that dichotomy of size. Yeah, for sure. There is, I, I think you can go against your genetics to a certain extent. I think like if you follow like, do you know Tracy Anderson is? Sure. Yeah. Like she's all about like changing like as a female kind of like what your genetic, like you don't have to have big hips just because you're like born, you know, like you can change those things about your body, which, you know, that sounds like negative. I don't think anybody should like change their gen. You know what I mean? But like, you don't have to have big hips just because you're born with big hips. Or right. anything. It's the idea that you can sort of like modify some genetics, but I think Until you get to, to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Once you hit the bone, there's no modifying yeah. that. Like I'll never be like a twiggy kind of person. I can get like everything like sharp and tight and all that, but I'll never not be like a curvy person, yeah. you know, which is yeah. fine. I think The Rock has has really figured it out. A hundred percent. Well, it's in his, he's Samoan, right? I mean, yeah. it's there. It's yeah. like, look at his dad. Yeah. His dad was even bigger than him. He's he's awesome. Um, but he's also the most disciplined person on the planet. Yeah. He's sure. even disciplined with his cheat meals. Yes, it's like very, like there's like a science to it almost. Yeah, yeah. so good. I'm going to do a, 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 I call it a massing phase, but a bulk. What is that? A, where you try to build muscle. I've not, the only time I did that, I got to 400 pounds. And then in my cutting phase, I lost a bunch of muscle and I didn't do it right. But what if you tried like martial arts and just see what happens to your body and just I get, won't get bigger. You'll, but you'll get like cut. And you'll get, like, your muscles will be so defined and, like, so... But, but I want my muscles to be gigantic. I see. And okay. then defined. Yeah, so I don't think you'll get like that. Although, you know, Frank Grillo, do you know him? I do know him. How do I know Frank he's Grillo? He's, like, an action actor, and he trains at Fortune, and yeah. he's, like, he does boxing. I mean, I think he's there every time I'm there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And is he a big dude? He's like, well, he's a, kind of a small guy to begin with, but like his muscles are big. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's not like a skinny 
I mean, it's definitely got like shoulders, and, right? You know, shoulders look good. So I think I think you can get that. I think you probably have to do boxing and weights. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and a lot of eating, just a shitload of eating. Yeah, I just think that the eating gives you like weight in the wrong places. Well, that the the mitigation for that is in the cut. You have to do the cut right. When do you do the cut? I'm on a cut right now. Okay, so what does that entail? Okay, a cut is you have to do progressive overload with weightlifting. So in the gym, you have to increase volume every week, and then you can take a deload after a few weeks so that well, you start decreasing the amount. Yeah, or just like one week that is much less volume so that your body can recover. But basically, you have to trick your body into going like all of the muscle I have, I need, I have to keep. I see. Because I'm in a... I'm eating I'm less calories, less and your body's like freaking out, holding on to yeah, it, kind of yeah. yeah. It's a it's a it's a whole it's a whole tricky thing, but it's, it is. It like, must be tricky because I see so many people failing miserably. Yes, <laughs> they do. Well, they're, they're, if you, if you I think it's the, also hard because you're like, oh, I've been eating all this food, and now I'm used to that, and now suddenly I'm supposed to like cut down to like celery juice. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. No, I just who think wants celery I, I think it's like I think it's just hard because then you're just making yourself gain all this weight and now you have to lose all the weight. And I think it's so much harder to lose weight than to like maintain weight. The guys who have really figured it out are bodybuilders. That's their job is to gain weight and then lose only fat and keep the muscle. And if you just kind of look at what they're doing, none of them lose weight quickly. Yeah, it's over time. It's very... And it's very thought it's like methodical, out. Yeah. yeah. The calories are all very scientifically precise and they have to eat at certain times and it's got to have a certain amount of protein. And, yeah. and, you know, it becomes monotonous and that's what you do. And I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. My whole life I had been told, oh, like, like you know, I would weigh myself and I'd be like, I don't get it. I've been working out. Why do I weigh more? And everybody would be like, well, everybody would be like, muscle weighs more. And it's like I really found out how much that's kind of bullshit because I lost 50 pounds in six months. And actually, I know, isn't that, it's crazy. (laughs) But actually, it's funny because it didn't feel like I lost too much. You know, I actually try to be careful about that because I do see sometimes women after babies, they'll lose it too fast. A lot of times the actresses, like, I'll see that. And they get a lot of like sagging skin because their skin like almost like you lost the weight too fast doesn't know where to go yeah or like stretch marks and stuff i didn't have any of that i do think a lot of that's genetic though but i actually felt like even though it was six months it did feel like it was very i was i was weighing myself every morning i would weigh myself every morning right when i got up before i ate anything you know after going to the bathroom (laughs) and i would weigh myself at the same time every single day so that there was never like a a reason for whatever. And and I was basically aiming to lose, what was I doing? I was losing like a pound every three days or something like that. That was kind of where I was at. And I actually went to Montana with my girlfriends for like five days kind of early on and gained six pounds back, six pounds in like a week just because we were eating everything. And then I came back and lost the six pounds in like five days. So I was kind of doing like a pound a day. But I got to a point where I was really like good at losing weight. Like I knew how. And and so then like later when I got, you know, pregnant with twins. So yeah, so that's what happened. So just cutting to that. So I did that for three years. I was training six days a week, which was crazy. And everything, if anything, like the Justin Fortune, the owner and like Johnny, my trainer, they were trying to get me to train less because they were like, you should be doing, I think it was like three days on, two days off. But I didn't want to. I was really obsessed with doing, like, I was doing it, like, I wanted to get, I wasn't that, like, I got to a point where I didn't care about my body that much. I really just wanted to get good at Muay Thai. Like, I was like, it took me forever to get, like, my kicks right. And it took me forever, you know, to get my roundhouse right. Like, the roundhouse was really hard. It took me a long time because it was, like, a, a balance thing. And I'm like, here I am, like, I was 38, 39 years old, trying to learn all these things that I'd never done before. Um but it did give me like this young girl's body. Like it was weird. Everything was just very like taut, you know? Yeah. And then I did that for three years and didn't do the, and did no carbs. And then I kind of started to like reintroduce like a little fun back into my diet, you know, where I would eat like a little bit more carbs, kind of try and do healthy carbs. And then I started introducing like a cheat day once a week, 
which I didn't do in the beginning. I think like everybody does like the cheat day when they're dying, but I kind of think you have to wait to do that. Like somebody once told me like models don't do cheat days. <laughs> Not that I care what models do. I think that's a terrible way of looking at it. But I do think that there's... But that, they're pretty diligent. Yes, they're very diligent. And they're also very... They have genetics, but on their side for sure. Like I'm five foot five. Like I'm not six foot tall, you know. But, and you know, your body distributes better when you're tall. But um, I, what was I saying? Uh, the cheat day thing. Like, yeah, I, for me, I didn't do a cheat day probably for the first like three, four months. Like I just was like, I wanted to look at it as like, let me find the joy in eating this way instead of looking at it as like this diet and that I have this cheat day kind of thing. I wanted to look at it as like, what can I eat instead of what can I not eat? There's actually a lot of stuff. Like there's a lot of like, you know, I mean, I know everyone's into like the vegan thing. That's never been for me. I believe, I really feel like your body does best with meat. And that's a very unpopular opinion. That's okay. It's for your body. You know. But for me, I've always, I think that like our bodies are meant to be carnivores. And I think that like, um, I think we function at our, our best eating that way. That's kind of my viewpoint on it. But for me, and then, you know, and then for me, that's always been it. So there was all these different kinds of meat I could eat. And I was eating a lot of chicken. At one point, I got really into chicken, even though Wagner's not into chicken. He's really into red meat. Um, he just feels like red meat, is, you should have him on the show. He's absolutely incredible. But his whole thing is that, like, the nutrients you get from red meat and from and the muscle that you get from that kind of protein, you can't compare it to anything else that you're going to get. You're not going to get it from eating like vegetables. Yeah. And he's not crazy about fruit. It's a lot of sugar, you know. So, um, he's, but he's not big into chicken. He's like not into a lot of these like weird birds or things that are feel like maybe they have like a lot of other stuff in them. And anyway, he could explain that to you sometime. But so, but, but I did do a phase where I did a lot of chicken actually did lose a lot of weight doing that. Going back to exercise, because yes. I, I remember being a kid and seeing other kids who seem to enjoy sports mm-hmm. and having that same thought that like if like, only I could find that thing. Something that I enjoyed doing. Like I yeah. liked watching so you don't have TV. to like force yourself to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I liked playing video games. I liked yeah. eating food. Like those were things I enjoyed doing and I couldn't picture finding any, something you're actually passionate yeah, about. Like no that was martial arts running for around. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So finding martial arts became like this thing that I loved. Like I wanted to watch it on TV. I wanted to read about it. I wanted to like know who all the athletes were. I wanted to like like, you know, and then I wanted to get into other different kinds of martial arts because there's so many different kinds. And Johnny knows, like, all of them. He's like a black belt in, like, every single kind of martial art. He's like a jiu-jitsu black belt, I think, and like a karate black belt. And he studied, like, we do a lot of, um, oh, God, I don't remember the names and I don't want to, like, butcher it. But it's like the, I can only show it to you, which is not great on podcasts, but it's basically <laughs> where you're kind of, like, blocking with your arm. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called and I don't want to ruin it. Anyway, but we do that a lot, like at home, just for fun. Like, we'll he'll go to grab me, and I'll be like, "Bah!" And I like <laughs> block it. I actually remember everything about my my reflex changing. I remember going to a restaurant like early on when I first started. Like I said, it's like a movie montage. I was at a restaurant when I first got into. It. I'd been doing it for maybe like a month or two, and I was at a restaurant, and this waiter goes to reach around me to put the plate down, and he kind of startled me because he came out of nowhere, and I like. Literally, like, my arm shot up and I, like, blocked him. (laughs) And the plate went, like, you know, shattering everywhere. But, like, it's funny, these kind of reflex you start to get. And I also started to feel like, oh, maybe I could, like, probably I couldn't protect myself if some, like, guy attacked me because just male genetics are stronger. And I think when people argue that, it's really annoying because it's, okay, good luck with that. But... All the feminists are going to hate me after this. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying. Like sure. if some giant big dude, but I did kind of feel like if it was a guy who didn't have any skills, I could probably take him. <laughs> right. Like if something were to happen, like walking down the street, I felt like less scared, you know, like these are things that girls have to like think about that like men don't really have to think about, like walking to your car and all these things. You do always feel like vulnerable. And then all of a sudden I didn't feel that way. And so it was also like psychologically, it was very good for me. Yeah. And it gave me something that was like mine, you know. And anyway, but so then I did that for three years and then I got pregnant with twins. And I was like, it's fine because now I know how to do it. And I had this vision that I would like work out through most of my pregnancy in some version, you know, or like that we would do like an alternate kind of workout that Johnny would like train me in some other way. That's like 
pregnancy friendly. But then, of course, I had twins and I was like, my belly was just like a thousand pounds and and I got tired and like I was still working like a psychopath. Like I was working up until the day I gave labor. I mean, that's the other thing is I'm just like such a workaholic, you know, and and chasing after my daughter. And, you know, it was just and I, and it actually what ended up happening is that it didn't work out at all. Like my whole pregnancy, basically, I would take a lot of walks. I didn't really do anything. And then I started to reintroduce all these foods that I wasn't eating before. I still did like gluten free and organic and stuff, but I ate you know, cheese and I ate because I was trying to get as much protein as I could because I think that's really important when you're pregnant. And I just didn't do any of the things that I was planning to do. It kind of all went out the window. And then after the baby, I was like, okay, it's fine because like I know I know what to do and I'll like give myself like a f- however long to recover and then I'll get back in the gym. And instead I ended up having to have like a C-section and then my C-section was infected. And then like it was just this fucking nightmare. And then I had like at six weeks... When I was supposed to be like that six weeks when you're pregnant is like when you can go back to working out and like kind of like having sex and doing normal things. And I couldn't. I had this infection. So I had I had to go back on bed rest. You were like not even allowed to do like stairs, which is really inconvenient when you have a two story house and your parent kids. Actually, my kids rooms are all downstairs and like all the adult rooms are upstairs. And it was just it was I couldn't go downstairs to like put the babies to bed. It was a nightmare. And next thing I know, and then it's Christmas and it's the holidays and like, it just, you know, it's like best laid plans. Yeah. It all went out the window and then, then we went to quarantine. I literally actually, I started to train again and I was finally starting to be like, okay, I'm doing this. And I, and Johnny was really like, let's take it slow. Let's do like, I wanted to go like gung ho right away. And he was like, let's just do like three days a week, get your body used to it. And I was like kind of pushing myself harder than I should have. And I hurt my back and then I was out. I hurt my back bad. Again, because the pregnancy kind of screws with your back and like there's a lot of stuff that goes on with like your hormones and stuff. And and then I couldn't train because my back was out and then I finally fixed my back and then we went into quarantine and the gym was closed and everybody's like, you're so lucky you live with your trainer. But I didn't (laughs) do it. (laughs) That's literally been my (laughs) Yeah, what you're thinking, but I don't know. There's like something about training at home that was just not interesting to me at all. But you look great. No, I have 40 pounds to lose. Really? Yes. I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have That's said that. That's very nice. I'm very happy to hear that. But it's it's a thing. I have 40 pounds to lose to even get back to like the sort of like not even my best weight when I was before I was pregnant, you know. And so and then I finally it's just, it's just been like constant these weird things that kept coming up. Then I like I have asthma and I haven't really had it like, to deal with it a lot in my life. Like I have it. It's genetic. My Everyone in my family has it. And I've had to, like, have incidents where I go to the ER or whatever, but it has been very infrequent. And for the most part, like, I have an inhaler, I never use it. But sure enough, I, like, literally two weeks ago started training again. And then two days later, I started having some issues. There's a lot of allergies. Like, my Wagner said it's, like, the highest allergy season he's ever, like, seen almost, like, ever. Something about the fires and all the flowers growing back, or I don't know what it is, but it's creating a lot of pollen. And so maybe that. That happened. And so anyway, I had to go to the ER. So then I had like to take, like, I was like, I was like, oh, good. I just started. And then I was kind of nervous about And it's a tricky training. time to go to the ER right now, too. It was a, it was actually fine. I mean, it was tricky because they wouldn't let Johnny go in with me. So I was like freaked out and by myself. And, and then also it was turned out they were like, they didn't know what was wrong because they were like, normally I go and they put me on the... I forget what it's called. The breathing Prednisone, machine. Prednisone, I think. It's like a... There's a word and I can't remember. It's not the ventilator, but it's a different kind of breathing machine. And apparently because of... Nebulizer. Yes, it's the nebulizer. And because of COVID, their hospitals are not allowed to have them. Wow. Because something to do with like the air circulation. It like can spread viruses. So I was like, cool. And and also they were like, your oxygen levels are totally fine. They like did lung x-rays. And I was like, I have corona. I've been like kind of saying the whole time, like the media is like overblowing this thing. So of course, karma, I would get corona. I didn't, did not have corona. <laughs> but um, there was something wrong with me. So I went to see Wagner because I was like, I don't know what's going on. The doctors thought maybe it was anxiety, but I've never been like an anxious person. I don't like suffer from anxiety. It's not like a thing of mine. But I went in and he was like, well, it's a combination of allergies and rage. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had allergies my whole life. I'm always just like that person who's congested. I've just had these issues. And 
I bet there's going to be a friend COVID and I rage. could not sure. stop laughing because she was like, that's the best way anyone's ever described you is a combination of allergies and rage. I do have a lot of rage. I have a lot of rage about everything that's happened in the last few months. And, and I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I was like, I feel so seen and validated. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, but so that kind of put a stop to my working out. And then the other day we were like, okay, we're getting back on schedule. And then Johnny hurt his back. I'm just like, I can't. It's just weird. Like sometimes it was like like when I started, it was like a perfect storm of everything going right and working out. Like everything kind of fell into place. And then I just like was so easy. And then this time it's like I feel like the universe keeps putting these like stops in front of me. And it's just taking like another level of discipline, which I don't really have right now because I have a four-year-old who's out of school, newborn twins. I have to completely like pivot my entire career right now because of Corona, because of, you know, quarantine. And so I'm having to like launch all these projects, but I don't really have any like income all of a sudden. (laughs) So I can't just like, I have to like have my kid at home. It's not even like, and I'm still paying like full tuition, by the way. So it's weird. And all the schools are making everybody pay tuition, even though the kids are not in school. And it's the summer. Right. The whole thing it's, is crazy. It's crazy. And so but because I don't – so I'm paying tuition, but so I can't use that money to pay for the nanny and I don't have any – it's just like I can't – I'm trying to get everything done. And so the like working out and dieting and all these things are so not like the priority for me. And I'm just like – it's so defeating after like your whole life where you finally find this thing and you finally like – get in shape and you finally lose this way and you like look amazing and you feel amazing and you look younger than ever and then suddenly you're like whoa whoa a couple things i think that not that i would take any of it back by the way no of course not the best babies on the planet anything you do i've found for me anything i do that takes time and you get to the end and you have a sense of accomplishment and by the way this could be like a long car drive right and you you reach the goal and you're like oh my god that wasn't so bad because i'm here i'm at the end Doing it. That's how pregnancy feels. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I have no. I can't. Like it's like the worst, longest thing in the whole world, and then it ends, and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. Round two, in the middle of it, you're like, why is this taking so long? It does feel so much harder on the second. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's just that you're the 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 memorable part is the accomplishment, the end, where you're like, bah, I did it. And now that you're in the middle of it, it's like fucking grinding and dragging. So yeah, that's- and I don't have the gym to go to, which is part of like what's fun about going is everybody. It's like like there's this like, like family kind of aspect to the gym where everybody, especially the boxing gym. Yeah. It's like you got the ring and it's like all these guys and it's like really fun. Everybody banters and there's it's like culture that's like totally. a big part of it. Yeah. I don't feel like like boxing in my driveway. I mean, Johnny's training people. At our house, and we literally have like a big thing in the front yard that where he trains people, and everyone's doing it. By the way, yeah, and loves it. Which I was like, I guess they don't have fun, guys. I guess they're not concerned. But for me, I was like, I just don't feel like working out at home. I just don't find anything appealing about it. It's really hard to get motivated to work out at home. Some people, I mean, Ethan, you seem to be doing great with it. I mean, you do. Is that what you do? You work out at home. I do. I hate it, and I will say this: you have no gym that you are. Partaking in nothing, nothing during open. quarantine. I mean, and yes, there's, a, gym you love, there's a couple but... of gyms that are open that are private, and you go in there with a trainer, and it's you and the trainer. Do you do that? I won't do that because what I've been doing for so long is by myself, and the cost increase to have a gym is like thousands of dollars right. a week, and I just go like I can't rationalize. So what did you that. do? Did you build a gym at home? No, I just have a few pieces of cardio equipment and some weights that I do, that and I figure workouts, and I do, do you it. Do it on your own? It takes so much. How longer. do you know what workouts to do? I program workouts, uh, and I talk to a guy, a professional bodybuilder named Jared Feather, who helps me with my workouts and. Uh, I've been doing it, which is amazing. But I will say, like, the difference between— And you don't do any sports. I don't do any sports. You haven't found your sport. I have. I have. I did jujitsu and Muay Thai for a long time years ago. It's so fun. And then I did cycling for a couple of years years ago. But the only thing since, like, 2012 that I've really enjoyed doing is lifting weights. Huh. I just love lifting weights. You like weights. doing it. Why? Yeah. What, I don't what is know. fun about it? I just feel good. At okay. The end of you it. feel strong. Yeah. I get it. 
And like, there's a feeling you get when you start to feel strong and you start to feel like, okay, I'm good at this and I'm doing it and my mm-hmm. body's responding well. Yeah. That is really hard to beat. And I walk around looking at tables thinking I could flip that yeah. table over no <laughs> yeah, problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I exactly what I was saying. I felt like if some guy attacked me on the street, I could like, I got elbows. Yeah. Once you learn elbows, forget oh, it. I mean, you could over. use yeah. hard to, you know. Headbutts and elbows. That's all you need. Yeah, I don't know about the headbutt yeah. for me. But I, the elbows, I think, are lethal. Yeah. Because it's so sharp. For me, working out at home is two to three times longer because I don't have heavy weights. So I have to do twice as many oh, reps wow. and you do them really slowly. Did you and get some heavy weights? No, because they all, they all sold out. That was like the <gasps> first thing to go. Get out. All, I ordered. It's funny the things that sold out. I tried to buy a swing set. I mean, I find up getting one. It took me like two months to find a swing set for my to the house for yeah. the kids because they sold out so fast. I ordered some heavy weights March 13th. They still haven't arrived. Because everybody was like, I can't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so funny. I didn't even like think about that. Yeah. There's all these weird things that are sold out that you don't like you hear about. And you're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about that. You know what? I keep trying to buy is Myers hand soap. Yeah. It's sold out everywhere. I can't get my hands on it. But also the time thing. Um it's a lockdown, so we right. our schedules are all different. If it's I had like to, less structured, which I actually find you'd think it'd be easier. It's totally to find the time. It's actually harder. Yeah. If I had to work fourteen hours, I would find right. an hour and a half to go to a gym and work out. Period. It's the unstructuredness of it that's it's hard because it's really, like there's no schedule. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of it for me too. And I'm such a Virgo, and everything has to be so like just so. I'm like so type A. So for me, like, I wake up at this time, I train at this time, I eat a banana at this time, and then I go here, and then I make this, and then, you know what I mean? Like, that works for me. Yeah. And this, like, no man's landness of, like, it feels like that time between Christmas and New Year's where you're just like, whoa. Yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? I know, that's, that's what it feels like. That's been my whole joke during this is, like, well, apparently quarantine has showed me, once again, what is important and what is not important of to course. me. Because all I ever do is complain. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to prep meals and be on a diet can. Again. Yeah. I've had nothing but time still not doing that. Right. Really. You know? So it's interesting. It's There was a meme about that. What was it? It was something like, I fuck, I can't remember. There have been some really good some ones. Some joke. But there's <laughs> been some good memes. Quarantine brought out some, some sure. good ones. Yeah. But can we go back a second? Because yeah. you were talking, when you first started talking about after your first child, yeah. your schedule didn't change all of a no. sudden now. I mean, you're one of the busiest people that I know. So your work schedule didn't change. Right. Now you add a baby. And then, so what was it for you? Like, how was it just seeing that photo I of just, yourself? Or how did you decide? That, yeah, it was just like something snapped in my mind where I was like, it's just, it's time. It's time, yeah. And there was, and there were... It just nothing kind of like after that, it it was very easy. Like I was very motivated. I have to make myself be motivated. And that's what I'm kind of lacking right now, being Mm -hmm. able to get back to that place where something snaps and you're like, okay, we're doing this, you know. Um, But it was that. And also I've never been a morning person. So even as busy as I am, I always start work at like 10. So all of a sudden, so I had that kind of one bit of morning because I was also starting to having to get up. I got more in the habit of waking up early because I had a daughter, mm-hmm. a baby. So I was waking up early. So I just started waking up at 6 a.m. And I would be at the gym at 7. And that is even crazy looking back at it for me. I'm like, what was it? I must have been so motivated to get up at 6 a.m. every single day. And I'm a night owl. I don't go to sleep early. Sleep is not a thing for me. Because I am like I'm a motivated human being, so I'm like always like I could be doing so many things besides sleeping. <laughs> like, but the but the morning it's a different. I'm singing a different tune. But all of a sudden, I was waking up at six a.m. every day, and I was going to the gym at seven every single day, and I did it through the Emmys, through the Oscars, through Cannes, like through all the madness of stuff. Where normally, like during award season, everything stops for me. I was literally like the day before the Oscars, I was at the gym. And the day before the Emmys, I was at the gym. Like things that I would not have thought would be something I'd be able to make time for ever. Did you find a gym in the south of France? I don't travel with my clients. Oh, okay. But also that was the other thing is I would travel for certain jobs. Like I remember going to Nashville because I style Lady Antebellum and I found like a boxing gym there. And I literally went there for like three days and I trained. And then I go to New York a lot for work, obviously. And I... I have this awesome trainer. I, I train at Mendez 
boxing gym in New York and I have this amazing trainer, Ivan. They call him Dr. Ivan. Mm-hmm. He's really hard and it's boxing only and he's a little bit of a Nazi. But I would go and every single time I would go to New York, I would train with him. I absolutely love finding gyms while I'm yeah. out of town and like seeing new people and yeah. Elaria, thank you very much. It's so nice to be here. Yeah. Now I will answer some questions that we received at AmericanGlutton.net. This question comes from Joe. He asks, how do you get into a mindset of maintenance? He says, on a two-week maintenance period, he basically went back to his old habits for a week and gained 11 pounds. Joe, I treat maintenance as just another portion of my diet. So maintenance for me is still very strict. I, my intention is to neither gain nor lose weight on maintenance. And now there can be a three pound cushion on either side of whatever number you're holding, you know, just, we don't want to get too insanely extreme about this because depending on what we have to eat and how much fluid we drink and our bowel movements, that fluctuation is completely normal. A couple pounds either side of your, of your weight. But so when I go into maintenance, it, it is not a mindless thing. Nothing about it is just being relaxed or casual. It is a very strictly laid out program that mirrors pretty much uh, a cut uh, that I've done, but it's just a slight increase in calories, specifically carbohydrates and fat, because I'm getting pretty much the same amount of protein on my cut as I am on my maintenance. So I would just, you got to kind of think about maintenance or a diet break in a different way. And, and I'm, I've done that too, where I go like, oh, yay, maintenance. It's like pizza week, but that's not what it is. It's, it's literally a period of, and I don't know why I said literally like that. It's literally a period of time where you are neither gaining nor losing weight. So if you're losing weight on maintenance, you're not doing maintenance. If you're gaining weight on maintenance, you're not doing maintenance. So at no point should it be about like I think if you're gonna fail on a diet, you should have just as much uh, potential to fail during the very strict part of the diet as you do on maintenance, which is really designed to give your body a break from losing weight. I, I also use it to kind of reset all the terrible habits that I created as a kid and all my bad relationships with food, I don't have that, that voice that I think, um, I think of, uh, uh, people as being normal and I think of myself as not being normal. And I think a normal person will sit down to dinner and eat. And then something within them says, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm not going to eat anymore. And they just stop eating and I don't really do that. I eat or I, I, I can eat um, until I am comatose practically or until I am incapable of movement because uh, I've, I've added so much weight and so much uh, to my body having to digest that food that it, it's almost uh, sick. And so during maintenance, I'll really go like, this is the amount of food at this point, my body should be telling me I'm done. Now I have to tell myself I'm done, but I've actually eaten enough. I'm not, I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to gain weight. This is actually the exact amount of food I should be eating to maintain my weight and try to get into like seeing what it feels like when I finish that meal. How do I feel? And, and, and just to try to establish new habits, um, with regard to eating. So I really do treat maintenance as a place to build habits and continue dieting. It really is a, a trying to educate myself on how I use food. Um, that's, that's how I think about maintenance. I hope that's helpful, Joe. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.